0: Hello, my friends. Skip here again for another podcast of our time together that I like to call Finding Meaning. And I hope that uh, as you are listening, you are finding some meaning, or at least it's helping for you to ask the questions that help you find some meaning. Uh, This is November 1st, 2020. And what that means is that in two days, uh, the American people, which I am one of, uh, and if you're listening overseas, please know we're all taking this very seriously, uh, that the American people are gonna make, I think, the greatest choice, uh, the most important election since the year 1860. I really believe that it is that monumental. We are also in the year 2020, and uh, aside from the memes and the jokes, It has been the hardest, strangest, and continues to be as we see our hospitals fill up with this dreaded virus again. 2020 has been really terrible, but it has been um, revealing in many ways. And I want to talk about something that uh, I've struggled with since the beginning of this thing and continue to struggle with. Something that I realized I was always struggling with But 2020 and this election really brought it to the forefront of my consciousness. And so I want to talk today about the ability people have to believe something that is demonstrably not true. Uh, We can call that the power of denial of truth. Uh, We can call it brainwashing. I may use all those terms in the next 15-20 minutes. I don't know. Uh, But that's really what I'm talking about. That I have been uh, gobsmacked. I have been bewildered. I have been frustrated. I have been angry. Uh, I have been judgmental around people who are demonstrably choosing something that is false and calling it true. Now, one could say, well, Skip, how do you know what truth is? And I want to stop there and, and and refer back into the podcasting that I've done over the past 18 months what is true is loving okay that's the basis that's that's the foundation of how I think we need to perceive the world how I try to perceive the world what is loving what is inclusive what is helpful what builds up but does not tear down so From that basis, I think it's pretty obvious to see that many times, not every time, but many, many times, people are choosing things that are the antithesis of what is loving. And to me, that is a false choice. Now, maybe people don't believe love is what's important, and for me, that's a sign of their immaturity. And that's what I want to talk about today is that I have become convinced that the reason this is happening, the reason these uh, lies are being foisted as truth is because people are spiritually immature as a whole. Now, I'm not putting myself above or you above other people because you're listening. Uh, I'm simply making a statement for us all that as a whole, as a species we are not aware of our own authenticity enough to be able to make those right choices, to be able to make the choices that that grow rather than, than, than kill. We don't know how to make the choices that offer life and nurture because we have, uh, frankly, we, we have not grown up spiritually. And so I want to include all of us in that. I don't ever want to be preaching at you. I want to be talking with you. Because I lack my own level of maturity. I mean that's where the anger is coming from. Is that I'm looking at people and I'm getting angry. I'm getting frustrated, I'm getting hurt because I see people and I'm not just talking about strangers. I see people I care deeply about making choices that disregard people's health, that disregard their own health. The disregard the truth of love. And I, I have to sort this out. I have to come to a new way of understanding it. And this is where I'm at right now. So what does this mean? What does spiritual immaturity mean? What does it mean that, that people can't see the truth? Well, I want to give you a, an example. I going to give you an analogy here. Uh, If you've ever raised a child, this will seem very familiar. If you've ever uh, had a niece or nephew or friends, uh, two, three, four-year-old child, you'll know what I mean when I use this analogy. Uh, A two-year-old child does not know that eating candy for breakfast is not a good idea. Now, in their mind, it's food. It tastes good. It's right there. Why not? And so a two-year-old child, a three-year-old child, a four-year-old child, and maybe even you know, up to being a teenager, I would say, can't reason, necessarily, that what they're ingesting is harmful. Now, at least at that time of day, probably not the best idea. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm no holier-than-thou guy. Uh, at Easter time and other times candy is breakfast in our house we're just normal people but that decision is made by my wife and i not by the child the two-year-old the four-year-old they believe that the candy for breakfast is the exact truth the exact right thing that should be done and they will do all they can to get their way there is no more convinced being in this world than an angry three-year-old child who wants to eat candy for breakfast they are absolutely all in they want that candy however the adults at least they should be in the room understand that the child probably needs protein the child needs something a little more satisfying to their system uh, than candy now you can have candy later not a good idea for your meal. And there's where the two-year-old and the 40-year-old parent get in a fight, right? Well, I use that analogy because I believe that's what's going on. I have come to see that the reason these choices are being made that that can be demonstrated to be wrong that people are choosing what are demonstrable lies, that people are denying provable facts about health, about political policy, about who they are. The reason they're, they're making the choice like this is because they are spiritually immature. Now, I want to stop there, because again, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. I'm there too. My frustration has come from my own immaturity. So hear me, I'm not preaching from on high. As a whole, as a species, all of us, we lack the maturity to be able to hold two ideas in our minds at one time and then choose the most loving. It's that simple. We just are not wired. We still live out of the egocentric self. We still live out of the collective false self. Uh, that collective false matrix, if you will, to use that analogy that I use all the time, we are still stuck in a egocentric, myopic view of reality, just like the two-year-old is, and our choices come from that unaware, uninformed, unmature place. It's that simple. Let me... Uh, Let me give you an example. Uh, Another one. Uh, I remember in 1993 when uh, the whole David Koresh, the siege at Waco happened. After all was said and done, they were interviewing these people um, later that year, after time had passed. And it became clear as you listened to these interviews that these were not stupid people. These were articulate, smart people. These were people who, who uh, could make decisions, who could engineer, who could farm, who could do all kinds of things. But they lacked the maturity to be able to discern truth from not truth just like the two-year-old, lacks the maturity to discern the harm that candy for breakfast can do against what is good and right to do. And so the people of, of the Koreshians, the, the, that cult that ended up in such tragedy and such awfulness, um, the reason they bought into that is because they were looking for identity, they were looking for purpose, and they were looking for authenticity, and someone said they had it. Here's the candy bar. Here it is. You can have exactly what you want. They were looking for validation, not transformation. And I have come to the conclusion that as a whole species, that is our primary goal, uh, to seek Validation rather than transformation, to find stagnation rather than transformation. And so, really, that's where I'm at. It has really been an incredible journey, an incredible revelation for me to see just how immature we all are. That we will be caught, we will allow ourselves to be caught in our own information loops and only receiving back what we want, which is a, it's a trap in our modern culture, folks. Uh, There's, you know, social media is a two-edged sword. It can be used for me to share uh, a podcast, or it can be used uh, to inculcate and uh, brainwash people, basically. So beware. But, Understand that when people get caught in that loop, it's not because they're bad people. It's, it's because they lack the maturity to see that they're caught in the loop. When we demonize other people for their beliefs, we have to realize that the reason they believe that is because they're living out of a spiritual immaturity that sees nothing else but that. They are, we are, the two-year-old with the candy. Now, that doesn't excuse behavior. Uh, That doesn't mean that we ignore it. It means that if you're able to hold two ideas in your head, in your brain, and choose the loving one, that you are probably more like the teenager in the room (laughs) Uh, who needs to correct the two-year-old. And so I hope that for us, I hope that we understand in our frustration as we're as we're bewildered. We are bewildered at how people are making choices in the midst of a pandemic, how people are choosing to make it worse, how people are choosing demonstrable lies over truth and saying that it's okay they choose that truth because that suits them. Well, eating candy for breakfast suits the two-year-old, right? Anyway, I hope this helps, folks. Uh, uh, I really hope that um, rather than demonize other people, we can at least view them with the same sort of compassion that we view those who who are unaware, who just don't know. Take care, my friends. Uh, May your 2020 get a lot better from here. We'll talk to you later.